Welcome to the daily devotional podcast of Meadowbrook Church, loving Jesus by loving people. For more information about who we are, find us online at www.meadowbrook.ca. September 11th attacks, there were actually people in the world who celebrated. There were people who hated America and who wished her harm, and they actually danced in the streets in certain parts of the world. They were rejoicing that their enemy had been attacked. It strikes us as odd. How can one rejoice in the death of innocent civilians? How can one celebrate death in that way? But knowing that this can happen might help us to have some perspective on today's verses. In our last podcast, we were discussing the nature of the two witnesses who prophesy, who have the power to unleash plagues and judgments on the world, and who speak the word of God to the nations. We continue today with Revelation chapter 11, verses 7 through 10, which says, Now when they have finished their testimony, the beast that comes up from the abyss will attack them and overpower and kill them. Their bodies will lie in the public square of the great city, which is figuratively called Sodom and Egypt where also their Lord was crucified. For three and a half days, some from every people, tribe, language, and nation will gaze on their bodies and refuse them burial. The inhabitants of the earth will gloat over them and will celebrate by sending each other gifts because these two prophets had tormented those who lived on the earth. There are several beasts spoken about in Revelation, and we will get to them more a bit later in Revelation chapter 13. This beast may be one of the ones spoken of later, it may be a unique one, but either way, this creature is released from the abyss and kills the two witnesses in front of the whole world. Our interpretation of this is going to be based a lot on how we interpret what the two witnesses are, which we've already discussed in Friday's podcast. This beast might be a literal, anti-Christ-like human figure who comes and murders two literal human witnesses. It may be a spiritual power, a demonic power, which is unleashed against God's people or against God's prophets. It may be a symbol of the Roman Empire or institutional power, governmental power in general, which continually persecutes God's people. The exact meaning is not given, but it is safe to say that however you personally interpret it, what can be clearly stated is that some sort of evil force obviously is released and is given permission to attack and afflict God's servants, whoever these servants might be in this passage. The bodies of the two witnesses lay where they are slain, unburied, in the public square of what is called the Great City. It might be Jerusalem, because the passage also says that's the city where the Lord was slain, and that's where Jesus was slain, but there's more to it than that. It seems maybe more likely that the great city would have sounded an awful lot like Rome to the original audience of this letter. Rome was the greatest city in the world at the time that Revelation was written. Rome was a symbol of persecution, of evil, of perversity, and antichrist behavior. Rome is called in this passage figuratively Sodom and Egypt. Sodom and Egypt being two Old Testament places that were synonymous with sin and with the oppression of God's people. We always have to remember that in the time Revelation was written, Rome was the dominant force in the world. Most Christians lived under the Roman Emperor in the Roman Empire, and this empire was literally and fiercely persecuting Christ followers. Much of the symbolism in Revelation ties into this picture of Rome which is not to say that it can't also connect to modern-day persecution or even futuristic persecution, but we always need to consider original context when we're reading scripture. 
As these two witnesses are killed, the earth rejoices, just like after 9-11 in certain parts of the world. Since these witnesses had prophesied and unleashed judgments on the world, the sinful people blamed them for the troubles that came and rejoiced that they were dead. Rather than taking seriously the fact that these two witnesses were filled with the power of God and maybe should have been listened to, instead a strange sort of reverse Christmas seems to happen, where people celebrate the death of God's servants by celebrating and giving each other gifts, ignoring the power and the word of God and rejoicing in the death of the innocent. This, however, is not the end of the story, which we will get to tomorrow. For your consideration today, we're about halfway through the book of Revelation at this point. As you reflect on where we've been so far, take some time to ponder what has been the most important part of it for you. What section or passage or chapter has had the most impact? What has been the richest for you in this season of life? Why has it been meaningful for you at this point? And take some time to pray into that and give thanks for it. Mm -hmm.